Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another incredible guest introduced to you now. Maria Emmerich is a world-renowned nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. Maria struggled with her health and weight throughout childhood, which led her to become a very passionate nutrition expert. Maria's expertise has sent her around the world speaking about ketogenic diets. She spends most of her time with clients around the world, specializing in helping autoimmune disorders, diabetes, heart disease, cholesterol issues, alopecia, Hashimoto's, cancer, epilepsy, seizures, depression, and anxiety. Yes, that is quite the list. (laughs) She is also an international best-selling author of several books, including Keto, The Carnivore Cookbook, and The 30-Day Ketogenic Cleanse. She has authored many of other books, including several cookbooks and nutritional guides, alongside her husband, Craig, who we hosted on episode 478 of Balanced Body Radio. Some of her readers include Valerie Bertinelli, Al Roker, and Halle Berry and Maria contributes to Halley's site on a regular basis. Maria has helped millions of people with her books and coaching to lose weight and regain their health utilizing a low-carbohydrate approach. You can find Maria at ketomaria.com. Maria Emmerich, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio. Thank you. I never said millions, but who knows, right? I millions. mean, I sold a million copies of the book, I suppose. Millions, 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 you. millions. You you go way back. I told Craig this. You're an OG. I remember listening to the pair of you. I believe it was the Peak Human podcast back when I was just starting to learn about this stuff. You you guys had already been doing it for such a long mm-hmm. time, and it was just a really eye-opening, um, you know, kind of a thing to learn. And so I really am very grateful for you and all the work that you've done. Oh, thank you. And I'm grateful for you for getting the word out like this. It's yeah. Well, it's such an honor. It's such an honor. Okay. First question. I don't know if you've ever gotten this, but I would like to do keto or a low carbohydrate diet, but I really like food. I'm a foodie, so I can't do low carbohydrate. What what would you say to that? Uh, me too. I would say me too. Absolutely. Um, my son and I were just recording a YouTube video making nutter butters. Do you know what Nutter Butters are? Well, I know the ones that I ate by the truckload. Yeah, right? Uh, But these are like good and tasty and totally keto and low carb. And like, that's what my mission is, is like, whatever you feel like is your food that's setting you back from trying it. I swear I have a recipe for you. I have a recipe for Pop-Tarts because do you know the show Gilmore Girls? I do. Yes. So I was watching that with my boys and they're like, mom, what's a Pop-Tart? Because she loves Pop-Tarts, right? And I was like, ooh, I can show you that. And so I I came up with a recipe for it and way better than the cardboard you get at the store. Um, but whatever you feel is your, you know, your your thing, I, I'm sure I have a recipe for it because I too am a foodie. And if it's not good, if it, if I, you know, if I was told I had to eat chicken breast and broccoli, I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't even try, you know, but if someone says you can have cinnamon rolls, but you have to make them, would you do it? And I I would be like, I promise you, you're going to lose weight, feel great. Like, you know, get off medication, but you have to make them. (laughs) You can have ice cream, but you have to make it. That's right. Totally different. You know, some some people say they don't have time to do that, but I like kind of laugh because nobody's busier than I am. I wrote three books in a year. I, we homeschool our children. Uh, I work with celebrities. Uh, you know, like I don't have the time, but I make the time. Yeah. Is that it? Is that all you do? Really? Retreats all over the world, speaking everywhere. Like that's it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, the person that says they don't have enough time, I'd really like to audit the rest of their day. Same with people that say, I don't have the money to spend on food. Awesome. Let's check out what you're paying per month for your phone and your car. Let's just see what that is. Do you go to Starbucks? Do you, yeah. Like I don't even have a car. 
It, there you, you know? go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm flipping through one of your cookbooks. I've got a bunch of them here. They're just absolutely you. beautiful. You've done such a good job from the beginning. I love that every recipe has a picture next to it. Some cookbooks don't have that. I really appreciate that. And I remember these were the first cookbooks that I remember seeing come to mainstream places like Costco. It, it all of a sudden was this thing that like people were becoming more aware of. And your cookbooks helped make that a lot more accessible to people. Oh, thank you. I remember getting a picture that my parents sent me they're down in Florida and they're like, oh my gosh, your books are at Costco. And when they were looking at it, someone said, oh my gosh, get that. It's really good. And I just think it kind of hit them that I'm not just, you know, some, I don't know, like just their daughter who, you know, like they kind of knew what I did, but to hear like some stranger at Costco be like, oh, that's a good book. Get it. Yeah. Right. It was kind of like, boom. So cool. Uh, that's yeah. so cool. I love that. I did want to start this conversation about talking about your kids. I, Craig and I also spoke a little bit about your kids. Um, they had the unique opportunity that I certainly didn't have. I don't believe you had Craig definitely didn't have of eating the proper way and the proper food. And so I love asking parents this question. Was it terribly difficult to either start them off the right way from the beginning or transition them in any way away from what most parents would say is impossible? I would love to have my kids eat less sugar, but it's everywhere. So I'm not even going to try um, no, because they don't have any money. They don't have a car. They can't drive. They eat what I make and what I make is really delicious. So it wasn't a, like there was no, here's the thing though. I'm going to be honest with you. They were probably starving. <laughs> and so they were really grateful to get food. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I might cry, but it, it was the truth, wow. you know? Um, like I remember my oldest. Um, he would hold food in his mouth for a very long time because in Ethiopia that they didn't have a lot. So he would like hold it because he thought that the flavor would, you know, only last for a little bit. And it's like, oh man, you know, we're, we're so lucky to have food in abundance, but yet we take it to the point of abuse. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, it was definitely like a transition teaching them that food will always be there because they meals were very stressful. Like one of them was very happy, but one child would scream for more food, even though I knew that little belly was stuffed full. And so, yeah, meals got, became very stressful for me. Um, but you know, it just took time teaching them that there's always food, but it's always food. You don't have to worry about that. You know? Well, I was not aware of any of that, Maria. That's pretty emotional. Um, I know your children well, were adopted. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stories that, you know, people think that it's this like big halo of, you know, wonderfulness. And it's very like, I remember it was just very stressful. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, the love was there, you know, we all of that, but it was just, everything was a transition. They never were in a car before. So that was scary. And then in Ethiopia, they don't have car seats. So you get to hold them in your lap. But then you get to the United States, you land from the plane and you have to put them in a car seat in the back. And like, oh, my gosh, you could have heard the screams from, you know, the next state because like, why am I strapped into this? Like, I don't get it, you know, and we had an hour drive home. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah. I, I've heard that a lot of places in the world look at our practices with our children and just think like, what are you doing? This is child abuse to make your kids sleep in another room or something is like, what are you doing? Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Well, we adopted my brother and sister as oh. well. My mom couldn't have kids after she had me for some reason, or they just had me and saw how I was. They were like, let's let's find a different route here. And I remember them saying, like, it didn't matter whether it was me and being their blood or adopted. They loved my brother and sister every little bit as much as they loved me. And I think that's a really special thing. They said the second we saw them, we already knew that is our family. It doesn't matter the blood. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. And what's really cool is my uh, youngest, um, he said he wants to adopt. So I think that whatever we're doing, like he's having a good time and he loves his family. And um, I thought it was interesting what you said, like that my kids are lucky to have this experience of eating healthy. Um, we were playing a game during the holidays. And one of them was, what uh, what did you do before it was cool? And so we always we all had to try to guess what his answer was. And his answer was, I was eating healthy before it was cool. <laughs> I love that. And I was like, you are a rock star, you know, because <laughs> he awesome. just, he is tall. He is ripped. He is like all muscle. And he just, I mean, I don't know, just, I'm so proud of him. That's amazing. Craig said he just runs all over the football field and just is, yeah. has endless amounts of energy. And just, it's the same thing you hear from lots of parents in this space that like, it wasn't as hard as we thought to get them away from the sugar. You give them enough time. I think the kids prefer it. I, even if you, you gave them the option, I think they usually would prefer to eat better and feel better and have their skin be better and their brain work better. Like it just seems like across the board, like this is not only possible, but it is optimal for sure. Yeah. And starting young is way better because I'm grateful that I had my hardships when I was a teenager, because now my friends are in their forties and like, help Maria. And their habits are well ingrained by then. You know, my habits were fairly new. I was able to change them quite easy. And, you know, your children, yeah, there's going to be school, there's going to be birthday parties and you can't stress out about that, but you can teach them like when they come home and they don't feel good, don't yell at them. Just teach them like, yeah, this is why we eat this way. Cause I want you to feel great. And I don't want you to be sick. It hurts me to see you like that. And just, you know, teach it as a learning experience. Cause we've certainly, everybody's had those times, you know, like even like those keto gummies and stuff that are <laughs> not keto in my mind, but like, you know, if somebody offers them and they're like, Oh, I don't feel good. I'm like, yeah, they're not, they're not what, they're not my recipe of gummies. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point. You mentioned your struggles and I look at people who are very successful and they're doing a lot of work and are very strong. And you strike me as one of the strongest people I've ever gotten mm -hmm. to talk to. And, and I, I think back on what makes us strong and it's those dark times. It's the hard times that we had to go through and hearing your story about, you know, your own health and how you had to try to figure out a new way when everything was against you, I think is incredible. And I'd love for you to share that story with us here. Oh yeah. Um, so I was 16 years old and I wasn't feeling well. I was twice my size. I don't know if this is audio or video <laughs> also. Um, I was twice my size. Um, and I just went, I went to the family doctor and she told me that I had something called PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is basically now we know it as type two diabetes that affects female fertility. Um, I also left that visit with an antidepressant because I was pretty depressed uh, an acid blocker and something for IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. I was a total mess. Um, and she said it was nothing I was doing wrong. It was just the cards I was dealt in life. But let me tell you that I, I was in high school, but before I would go to school, I would, I worked at a coffee shop. So I would get up at like 4am to make the scones and the muffins and the cinnamon rolls. I'd go to school, go to band class and all that. And after school, we would close about 5pm and I would go back to school, back to the coffee shop. And whatever didn't sell, I got to go home with. 
So you probably think I'm lying, but I would make extra cinnamon rolls. Cause I like Fridays, Saturdays, like days that I knew that they were going to sell. I'm like, Oh, I got it. I want to have like four of them. So I'm going to make, you know, I would make extra <laughs> and I would go home with boxes, you know, Seinfeld, like eating the muffin tops. Oh my goodness. Yes. Great episode. That's what it was like. I was, I had so many, I could just eat the muffin tops. Right. And it was no wonder I was sick. It wasn't the cards I was dealt. It was what I was eating. If you, there wasn't the internet back then. This is like 27 years ago now. Um, but you can clearly look up what causes PCOS. It was excess caffeine, sugar, and carbohydrates. And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> I had like an IV of mochas in my arm and eating cinnamon rolls, right? So <clears throat> I really had to change my life. And now if somebody would have said, and this is why I'm very People are like, well, if you're carnivore, why do you still write recipes that aren't and stuff? Here's the thing. If someone would have told me then you can only eat meat and that's it, I wouldn't have even tried. And so what I like to tell people is what your diet is now is going to be different five years from now, 10 years from now. You're going to evolve and learn and become better and your palate will change with time because at that time I was a definite sugar fiend. And so I wouldn't have done a meat thing at all. So I'm not a judgy person. There's way too many of those on Instagram. I don't need that. I, I'm not that. So um, just being open to like the process. And I work with children. I work with like um, my grandpa, he had type two diabetes. And he's like, Maria, I'm not going to live without my X, Y, and Z. I was like, okay, I got it for you. Right? Don't worry. I got I got ice cream for you. Okay. And it's really good, especially like the allulose now. Are you seeing the benefits of that? Yeah, it, it seems like it opens up lots of different options for more people. It does. and But what it does to the body is it helps with glucose metabolism. It helps with their, it's basically like a GLP-1. I didn't like, know this. It signals that satisfaction that you're full and you don't need to eat extra. Wow. Yeah, pretty did, wild. Did not know that. Yeah, I know. So like, I just, I want people to have an open mind and not be so judgy on me or somebody else for their eating styles because- you know, planting a seed in people's mind, you have no idea how that's going to blossom and grow and maybe change their habits and their life, you know? Yeah. I constantly need to remind myself that this has been a process and I just want to go around and tell everybody, oh, you should try carnivore. Well, I've been into health and fitness for over two decades now and I only knew about keto like five, six years ago. And yeah, now I'm doing a more strict version of carnivore and it's easy for me, but that wasn't the case in the beginning. I would have said the same thing. Like, I'm not going to go without you know, bread and dessert every now and again, ice cream is fine. Like you, you do need right. to help give people hope that that is a type of progression. So I'm curious, like going back 27 years, you're right. Not a lot of internet at all. How were you able to learn any of this stuff? And what was it that made you say, okay, these are the bad things. So now what am I going to go eat? Well, I, I knew what I couldn't have. And there was a diet called Atkins keto. And so I, I did that and I was, you know, still in high school. Everybody thought I couldn't do it. And just being like the stubborn person that I am, if you say I can't do something, oh, you watch out. And what's interesting is when you do cut out sugar or carbohydrates, the people that are closest to you, they, they try to fit, have you fail, you know, like they're afraid of you changing in a bad way, but it's like, no, I'm changing for the, I'm, I'm sick. I want to be, I want to be better, you know? Um, and so I, yeah, whenever like my mom made me my favorite pie, like it just gave me the willpower to be like, nope, I don't need that. And, um, so I went to school for nutrition and exercise physiology 
And I met Craig when I was only 17. He was much older than I was, but I was 17. I was married before I could legally drink alcohol. And he knew I, I was like, I, I was told I couldn't have my own kids. He's like, that's fine. We're going to adopt. So we just started adopting. And um, I was a rock climbing guide right out of college just because I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I was just waiting for the adoption to go through. And he lost his job, which uh, I didn't have insurance. So whenever you lose like job insurance and all that health insurance and stuff, your adoption, all the money goes back to zero, basically, because they have to redo all those tests. So not only did we have a job loss, we lost all that money. Like the depression came back hard. Like we sold our cars. Um, the bank took our house. Like we had nothing. And someone said, Maria, why don't you write some of your recipes in a book to raise money for your adoption? I was like, okay. Like I just needed something to look forward to. And they're like, you're going to start a blog. I was like, what's a blog? Like this was like before blogs were even out there. And I was like, okay. And it gave me a reason to ride my bicycle to the library because I didn't own a computer. And I just, I would write. It gave me a reason to wake up. Like I needed a reason to look forward to. And I would write, you know, a recipe on the blog and I'd have these comments. I'm like, oh, this is, this is nice. I look forward to it and stuff. And it was all for my children. Like every, every dime went to the adoption. And before you knew it, Craig's like, um, I don't think I need a job. Like, you know, and he's like, I'm going to, there's, there's a lot that happened in between there, but he was like, I'm going to be the stay at home dad and you're going to be the working mom. I was like, okay. Cause I really loved it by that time. I was, uh, I started a business consulting people. That's what I went to school for. And I never once spent a dime on advertising. I still haven't. And it was all word of mouth. And I feel that that's very powerful because like, you know, there's a lot of keto so-called experts and carnivore experts doing a lot of advertising. And I was like, nope, I don't want to do that because I want people to be confident in what I do because of somebody else's success. Yeah. And they also want to skip the process. They want to skip all the hard bits so they can get right to selling the books and, you know, hanging out with Halle Berry like you get to. Like, we we just look at that and think like, oh, she's so lucky. Like, she got to that point. It's like, no, no, no. She worked her ass off <laughs> and probably clipped coupons to, to get a meal from time to time. Like, you, again, it's it's that struggle, that fight is what makes you strong. And then you appreciate it so much more when you're able to get there. Well, like, what's the cheapest keto food or was? Eggs? Probably, right? Right. Like way back when we first adopted the boys, eggs, that was a rule. One of our meals had to be eggs because that was very, very cheap at the time. Like you get a, you know, a dozen eggs for a dollar, right? The neighbor sold them for a dollar, you know, her, you know, free range chickens. Um, and so my son, my youngest hated eggs. He would not, I, I told you he was like starving, but he would not eat eggs. That was the one thing he's like, I made them every single different way all the different ways you could, there's millions of ways to make eggs. So one day I had a bunch of hard boiled eggs. I was like, I'm going to throw these into a blender. I threw them into a blender with a can of coconut milk, some cocoa powder, stevia, you know, vanilla, and a little pinch of cinnamon. And I blended that up and you want to have a good blender, make it really smooth, but it made the best chocolate pudding and I couldn't get them to stop. And I made it for Halle Berry. Since you're dropping her name, I'll drop her name. I made it for Halle Berry. She's like, nope, I am not going to eat that. And I was like, just try it. Just try it. And she tried it. And she was like, this is the best chocolate mousse I've ever had. And, you know, you just have to be, I don't know. I just, I like playing with food and seeing what you can come up with. Because I still don't think, yeah, there's billions of recipes out there, but we haven't come up with everything yet. You know, like proving that 
with the, the pudding or like, have you tried the carnivore bread yet? I haven't yet. I know you talk about it all the time and it looks really good. It's, it's like Wonder Bread. It's unbelievable, wow. you know, like, but again, you have to make it. You can't buy this at the store yep. and you'll never be able to buy it at the store. Um, but like you said, people complain about the cost of or the time of eating. What's interesting, Craig and I, we put our cameras on and we both drove to or he drove to Chipotle. Well, I made Chipotle at home. This was probably, I don't know, 14 years ago or something. And Chipotle wasn't that far. It was like, I don't know, four or five miles away. And it wasn't a busy time. It was about 2.30 in the afternoon. And we were like, okay, we both put a timer on, see how much time it takes. And then we also broke down the cost. Not only by the time he came home with the food, I was done cooking, we were done eating, and we cleaned up already. We had leftovers, and it was about a fourth of the price, even though we used organic or beef. So it's not cheaper, it's not healthier, it doesn't save you time, but people are lazy. Yep. Yep, it sucks. A eggs are a great example. Like, yeah, they have gone up in price. They used to be very cheap. They're a little bit less cheap now, but I can go to Costco and buy two dozen for $7, and that will give me about two or three meals if I'm eating, you know, eight, nine, ten at a time. That's not that expensive. <laughs> it's not that expensive. No. Yeah. And, it's and, not. And, it's and not. people, I, I, I feel for people because all of this information is just stacked against them. I mean, one of my clients that I trained today just got the information about the Tufts Food Compass stuff. And he was like, this thing says that like Fruit Loops are healthier than ground beef. Like, where did this come from? Like, dude, welcome. Welcome to nutrition science. Welcome to the world of nutrition science. One of the most respected nutrition schools in the country is saying like brand names of cereal are better for you than eggs or beef. Uh, wow. I didn't even know that. That's really, that's sad. I would be really embarrassed if I worked at Tufts. I, I would too. Really embarrassed. I would too, but that's what people see. And so th that's, that's their impression and they see it and they go, see, I knew it. I knew eggs weren't good. I knew beef wasn't good. They already told me beef caused cancer. I, I knew this. Let me go back to eating my cold cereal and bread and sandwiches. And it, it's, it's bananas. It's absolutely crazy. And it, it's interesting for you being in this world for so long, you've seen the rise of keto. I mean, how long do you think it was before you came across the word keto, ketones, ketogenesis? Like it must've been a while before it was you. Probably, yeah. It was probably like 10, 12 years in. Yeah. And at first I was very excited. Right. Um, but then I was like, I don't want to be keto anymore. I don't want to call myself that anymore. Cause it was like, Duncan Hines has a keto brownie now and the keto bread at Costco and like all of this crap and junk. And then all these people come out of the woodwork claiming they're an expert and preaching that you need to eat this way. And I'm like, no, that's not right. And um, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's frustrating because I think that there's a lot of bad advice and it's hard to swim through all of it. It is. Yeah, it is. I asked Craig the same question because he's also being with you has been in this world for so long and seen this change. We're getting to this point that the keto as a name is kind of losing. It's falling out of favor a little bit. I told him about, you know, KetoCon is being rebranded next year to hack your health, I believe. Um, we're seeing now what I observed at KetoCon when I was there, like watching the consumers, they were far more interested in the carnivore kind of stuff than they were the keto kind of stuff. And 
it's an interesting thing because it's good and bad. It's good that I can go to Costco and find your amazing cookbooks, and I can also go to the other store and buy slim fast keto nonsense that's super expensive for like half an ounce of individually packaged whatever the hell that is. What, what do you what do you think of keto as a term as a kind of idea? Uh, it's hard because. Um... I don't know. I, I think that the term is losing uh, efficacy and powerfulness because I think it was very powerful for me anyway in the past. And now I'm like, um, when people ask what I do or whatever, I'm more likely to, you know, not say that word, the keto word or whatever. Um, you know, more of like the carnivore or ketovore. I do like ketovore. Um, cause it's keto, but more leaning towards carnivore, which I would say that's even my children. They're that way. Um, like for, you know, Christmas we had ribs and, uh, steak and meatballs and, you know, deviled eggs. It was all like meat, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Double-edged sword. Yeah. Double-edged sword. When we were working at the big corporate gym and running weight loss contests, when we started learning about low carb and keto, we were recommending your books and your recipes and sharing your site. We were going to diet doctor who they've kind of changed their philosophy a little bit. Um, and their meal plans were awesome. And we could get people to lose tons of fat and just say like, look, just follow these. We'll teach you the science as you go, but just eat these until you're really full. They'll at least get you in the right direction. And even back then, like five, six years ago, we'd have to tell people like, don't, don't worry about the keto word. Like forget that that's there. Just this is a delicious talkable recipe. Make as much of this as you like, and you'll be fine. But you're right that that word is, is just kind of has an interesting connotation now. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, like when you say keto, people think that all I eat is bacon and butter, which is not what I eat. I'm more love the protein forward keto people. But here's the thing. Keto is great for many, many reasons. And this is why um, when I work with somebody, the first question is, what are your goals? Because that's going to make me determine which way we go on the diet. It's going to look differently depending on what your goals are. Some people have seizures and epilepsy and they come to me and we are going to go, to go this way or cancer and we're going to go this way. But let's be honest, 99% of people want to lose weight and I'm going to go this way, yeah. which to some people would be like, that's not a ketogenic diet. I was like, they are too in ketosis. They don't have high ketone numbers, but that does not mean they're not going to lose weight. And that's what people like get all hung up on, like their glucose numbers or the ketone numbers. And I tell them, okay, my ketones are very low. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It means that my body's very efficient now because the longer you've been keto, the, more, the smarter your mitochondria get, get, they get become more efficient. Same with your thyroid. Your thyroid numbers might look bad, but it's because it's more efficient now. Um, but I also work out in a fasted state. So I'm using all my ketones for energy. So if I test after a workout, there's going to be very, very little, yeah. but it doesn't mean that I'm not keto. Yep. Yep. That's right. No, I love that. And that's why I do my best to make the distinction. There's the keto diet and there's being in ketosis. Like You, you can be in ketosis in many, many different ways. You could do it plant-based. You could do it carnivore. Like there's lots of things you could do. And I think it's so it's fasting. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. And, <laughs> exactly. And, and protein and fasting is absolutely something I wanted to talk to you about. Big passion of yours. I know it's not something you really do personally very often, but it's something that you write about and, and write really well about a protein sparing modified fast. I, I, I think I got that right. I feel like I may have goofed up at the order of the <laughs> No, it's perfect. 
Well, my first uh, nutrition book, I talked about my pure protein days. That's what I called it. Um, And it's where, because I felt better in all, like many ways. The first week I started my journey, um, I I guess I didn't finish. Um, My dog, uh, she was a golden retriever and she was losing patches of her hair. And that, that same week I went to the doctor who said, you know, it's nothing you're doing wrong, whatever. The vet said, what are you feeding her? I was like, what? You know, so we changed our diet and we both got healthy. Anyway, um, I I didn't lose weight right away, but I felt like my depression went away, acid reflux went away, IBS went away, but I didn't lose weight. And I was like, okay, that's fine, right? Um, but eventually I wanted to lose weight and I realized I need to turn that fat dial down. I'm eating way too much cheese, way too many nuts. You know, I think that's the biggest problem. People try keto and they eat cheese and nuts, cheese and nuts. And it's like, it's a great way to put some weight on. Um, so I had to, you know, kind of just did my own experiment, cut the fat down a lot. I cut the carbohydrates, you know, almost to zero and ate protein, lean protein, lean protein. And that was, I would do that like two, three days a week. Those were my pure protein days. And then I would allow myself one overfeeding day, but it wasn't a pizza hut day, but it was like ribs or chicken wings or like a fattier cut of meat. Um, but I just kind of kept on. I was like, it, the weight just flew off. I lost more than I ever thought I would lose. And people already pick on me for that. Um, I do not do those days anymore. Um, but it, I still stay this way because I focus on protein first. Um, but technically, it's called a protein sparing modified fast. I didn't know there was a medical term for this. Um, and Instead of a water fast, which we have found as proven that you will lose muscle mass. And there was a recent study and we can share that with you. Craig found it. Um, We share it with, we do uh, assignments with our coaches every week. And this assignment was fascinating how, um, I can't remember how long the fast was. I think it was like a five day water fast. The amount of time it took for the leucine shift to kick in again was like two days later after wow. starting to eat again. Wow. And it, it's just like fascinating how you can't, you know, get that leucine. And leucine is an amino acid that helps signal muscle protein synthesis, which is important for building muscle. Um, and I mean, I lost a lot of muscle doing OMAD and there's a whole bunch of, you know, stressors I had with my life with Craig getting sick um, and building muscles hard. So I'm always like, okay, I do not want to, you know, like I need to get at least, you know, 30, 35 grams of protein every meal. And um, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm sorry. No, that's great. It's perfect timing because it is, we're going to release this episode during January, which is World Carnivore Month. Hopefully we've Mm -hmm. got more people interested in it. Dr. Sean Baker just appeared on Rogan for the second time to talk about it. We're now noticing that the term carnivore is being searched more than the term vegan. So it's an interesting time. And I, you know, you're mentioning the protein. I I totally agree with all of that for somebody who's just starting on this. And let's say their, their goal is weight loss. How they can, how can they be thinking of maybe trying a carnivore diet? Is it something they need to grow? gradually transition into if if we drop this on the 5th of January, is that too late for them? Like, how would you want somebody to really think about a well-designed carnivore diet? Um, if they want to do it right, right off the bat, not, you know, second guess it, I have so much free information and a free calculator. You should count your macros, even on a carnivore diet. You really should. Amazing by the way. (laughs) Oh, I thank you. But like, um, I would say 90% of people that are coming to me have been doing carnivore with maybe somebody else and 
putting on 10, 20, 30 pounds, getting very frustrated and being told that they're healing. Um, and when they aren't losing weight, eat another stick of butter. I cut the butter completely out and we, you know, flip that. Um, and that's the most important thing to do when someone does have insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes. You have to shrink the fat cells and gain or maintain muscle. And you cannot gain muscle eating fat. It's just biology. I'm not, you know, this is not new information. It's just the truth. And so focusing on protein more than fat is going to be very important in a weight loss situation for carnivore. I actually tell people carnivore is great for so many things, but it's not my first go-to for weight loss when I work with a client. Uh, it's more for autoimmune, which is, you know, a lot of people that I work with, um, illnesses like that. But when it comes to weight loss, um, I would rather cut out dairy and have like non-oxalate foods in there that is more because I think carnivore gets really limited for some people, obviously not you. Uh, you know, we don't have a problem, but some people get very limited. So they, you know, do a lot of dairy, like butter or cheese or, you know, cause that's all carnivore friendly, but it's a great way to put some weight on. And now, you know, we, we poo poo gluten in this keto community, but we don't address dairy often. And dairy is a more common allergen than gluten is. And so cutting that out is very important in some people. Um, and so then we would do like carnivore level one if, you know, it was an autoimmune issue. But if it was for weight loss, I would say let's do the protein sparing modified fast approach where, you know, you can have a few like non-carnivore foods such as like mushrooms or whatever, you know, that are going to just open up some more options for you. Sure. Yeah. I was going to ask you what some of those foods are. Like I I'm kind of with you. I'd like to define carnivore as a hyper carnivore in nature. It's about 75% or greater of the calories coming from animal products, but I don't like to tell everybody all the time that they can never have any plant foods, but I am aware that some are better than others. What are your favorites? Um, so instead of like spinach or kale, which we know is very high in oxalates, I would say stick to like iceberg. If you want like a salad or something, do iceberg, romaine doesn't have oxalates either, but like if you want that crunch, which is just fine, right? Like um, I don't I don't mind that, but like trying to teach them which ones are the safe ones and not mushrooms, uh, absolutely fine. If you, you know, it just kind of depends on which, do they have histamine responses, you know? So I kind of like guide it that way. But those are, you know, two options, but also like sweeteners, you know? Like allulose, if you're a strict carnivore, you're not going to want to do allulose. You don't want to do element. Element has, you know, flavorings in it. It has citric acid in it, whatever. Um, but if you are not carnivore, you could do some sweeteners and uh, flavorings. Like, you know, I don't know. That's great. No, that's great advice. So, so the sweeteners in particular, as you're designing a diet for somebody and making recommendations, this is where my mind would go. Maybe I, I, you will agree or add some nuance to this. I would really want to know whether that person thinks of themselves as like a carbohydrate addict or they, they haven't really gotten rid of that sweet taste. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and like having a little bit of sweetener would then lead to them eating cinnamon rolls. Like you said, like, do you ever, like, is that how you think about that as far as like who can handle sweeteners and who just probably really shouldn't? Well, I will say I kind of look at it differently. Um, it's hard to explain, but, um, you know, is this like, 
going to be your all or nothing type thing. Some people just, they want to rip the bandaid off and do it all. But I would say most people don't. They want to be able to have a dessert during the holidays or their birthday or like once in a while. And I'm like, that's okay, but you have to have it like this. There's no almond flour in it, you know, almond flour, almond milk, all of those things, cutting that out and, you know, giving them a guideline that way. Um, for me, like, um, I would say the carnivore diet got so boring that I didn't even want to eat anymore. Mm. And so I, that was a struggle for me. I had to open it up more. I had to give myself some onions and garlic and, you know, like I'm not eating a ton of it, but that flavor adds a lot to me, but it's not good for Craig. So it's just balances how bad I want to make two of them, you know, but it's not too hard, you know? Yeah. No, I, I love that. I found that if I was eating the meat kind of just plain or just with salt, I wasn't eating very much of it. And then it wasn't anywhere near my protein goals. And I could feel that kind of OMAD effect of like, okay, I'm taking this a little too far. I'm lowering my metabolic rate. I feel a little weaker than I used to less energy. And so then it was like, okay, well spices, I do, I do okay with spices. I do okay with some low sugar condiments. Some of the sauces that you make are absolutely amazing by the way. Um, and some of your favorite, um, those things can be added in for most people. And, and, and so I wouldn't want, people to think like you're on beef salt and water if you don't have that specific reason to be no no no. we um in that carnivore book we have carnivore level one which is obviously for someone who's very ill uh, a lot of autoimmune or you know gut issues something to heal with and it goes up to level four and level four is adding spices it is kind of that dirty carnivore maybe some stevia or you know something like that where you could have like the element drink or i, I don't mean to keep saying that but like um, I really like Equip pro Protein Powder. It's a beef protein powder, but they sweeten it with stevia. I don't have a problem with that. Mm. Yeah. I, I love the levels. I, I love how pretty much all of your books have these. Even the cookbook ones have so much education in there. There's a good, you know, I don't know, 70, 80 pages that goes into education. It has a much longer list than I read off in the introduction of all the, all the things that we can fit with, fix with low-carbohydrate diets. Again, the recipes are beautiful. I love that there's a lot of variety in there, and people can choose how strict they want to be. Even the recipes in here still only have four or five ingredients. It's not extravagantly no. prohibitive if you don't have cooking skills or you don't know what to no. shop for. It's pretty easy. My recipes may have been a little bit more difficult before I had children, but then I had kids and I realized what people are talking about. Yeah. Time is important. Time is, you know, but here's the thing. If you don't like to cook or you don't know how get an instant pot, get a slow cooker. Cause it does it for you. You don't have to do anything. Um, my favorite gadget was probably a smoker as a carnivore because it adds so much flavor. I hate, I don't, I don't like Turkey at all, but I'll eat a smoked Turkey, you know, cause it's just, Boom. It's, it's got it all. So like, uh, but you know, if you don't like to cook, there's gadgets that do it for you. You don't have to think about, but yeah, it's funny. It's like, Oh, it's just a cookbook. I'm like, okay, I've written both. The keto book is a nutrition book where the cookbooks are way harder. Cause, um, I have to, you know, make the recipe like so many times, and writing the recipe, but then there's also um, the photography is hard. And then also the, I want it to be an educational book. I, I don't want to just give you recipes and be like, why am I eating this? I don't get it. Yeah. Well, you did a great job writing that line. There's a lot to be learned and you, you help kind of guide people through. And, and again, the, the recipes are great. The way it's laid out in a meal plan is absolutely awesome. I know you work with a lot of women. This always seems to be a challenge. How do you help women get enough protein in their diets when they want to choose a more animal centric type way of eating? 
Because I, I make cinnamon rolls that way. <laughs> the cinnamon rolls are like egg whites, you know, it's the, it's the protein, it's the carnivore bread, but then you just add some cinnamon in there. And um, whether you want to do, I usually do this uh, protein frosting, which is made with egg whites and allulose. I don't know if you've ever made that where you have it. It's really, it's really fascinating. I, I couldn't believe it when I tried it, but it's just egg whites, water, and then your sweetener or whatever, but uh, it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, like you can, you can have those. It's, it's very, to me, keto bore because it's basically animal protein with a little bit of spices and some sweetener. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. But again, like it just depends on your taste buds will change. Uh, they will change. It takes about 15 days for the taste buds to, you know, turn over. You get new ones every 15 days. So if you cut something out for that long, you know, it's easy to, you know, change your palate. However, it's not as simple as your taste buds craving things. Like a lot of times a memory uh, will trigger. Did you ever, did you ever smoke? I did not. I avoided that. <laughs> So I, I was a smoker, like if you can believe that. I did no, a lot of that. <laughs> um, but there's certain type, like or like an apple. A lot of people will crave an apple in the fall because they have these memories of their first time having that. So the first time you have something often will signal a trigger of memory, cravings, things like that. So it's not as easy as, oh, just wait 15 days and your palate's going to change. Like, it's not that easy. There's a lot of compounding factors that will cause a craving or something of that. And that's why I'm like, okay, if you have a craving, you have to have this, you can have my pizza crust and, you know, make it a carnivore pizza, whatever. Um, but you can't, you know, we're not ever going back to that other stuff. And my kids don't even see that as food anymore. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, hard to believe that you were a smoker. I don't think I was ever at risk. I live in Salt Lake City with all the Mormons, so it was never like in favor around here. So I think I'm good. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so interesting. So we've read off all the different things that that you know things like insulin resistance can cause in people. All the different health conditions that seem like all their separate ones, and it's really all stemming from the same thing: poor metabolic health and uh, you know mitochondrial health, and how we can fix that using low carbohydrate and high protein diets. Um, and we're learning more about mental health. People like Dr. Georgia Ede and Dr. Chris Palmer putting out amazing books, and we're learning more and more about that. And I, I have to say, this is my favorite story that I got to learn about in 2023. Hal Cranmer running a, a, a few homes in Arizona, assisted living homes, the last place I would ever want to be or hang out in. And he learned over time that if you fed them differently, low carbohydrate and more towards carnivore, people were healing. And you see these pictures on social media of these people getting better and dancing and singing. And I, it's just the most amazing story. And he started working with Eric Colette, who runs a mind for all seasons that helps with people with mental disorders. And they had a resident named Melissa who went into their facility and she scored, I want to say it was a 14 out of 30 for pretty moderate to getting to more severe dementia. And she went in with a good attitude and wanted to do anything to get out of there. And she has recently left the place and she credits you for helping her a ton. She would spend her free time reading your cookbooks and learning how to do this. What an amazing story. <laughs> like it's, um, it's really, really special. It's like the coolest thing to get recognized for. Um, and yeah, Hal, he uses my, I have a website where you can make meal plans with all my different recipes. And, Cause he owns four homes now, Correct. I believe. Yep. 
Correct. And so he has, you know, many different cooks at each home and he just kind of makes a meal plan, sends them the recipes and the recipes also come with a grocery list. So they have all their things, but to hear these people changing their lives just from eating my recipes, like it's just, gosh, it's just like makes my heart spring with joy. And that's why I'd like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's very, very special. I was um, running the beach. Um, I do in the morning. I usually run before the sun comes up. So it's pretty dark out. And someone was behind me. They're like, Maria, Maria Emmerich, is that you? I was like, oh boy, you know, I'm like sweating. And she's like, oh, I just have to tell you, I'm very shy. She said, I'm very shy, but I just have to tell you, you changed my life because I was very sick and I started doing extended fasting. But then she was diagnosed with osteoporosis not just osteopenia, but osteoporosis. Her bones were definitely like bad. And she said, then I found you and you told me to, we have to get protein in and stuff. So she still lost weight, but her bones grew back. If you look at the, your sheath of your bones are made up of protein. They are. And the best way to reverse like osteopenia or osteoporosis is eat a lot of protein, you know, vitamin K2, things like that. But protein is king when it comes to that. And it's just like, it's so cool to like, just be like riding my bike and people are like, Maria, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is just unreal. We have your bobblehead dolls. We've got your posters on our walls. We are chasing you around health conferences to get your autograph. Like no, for no. us, you guys changed our lives in a really, really special way. So it might not be as much as Halle Berry, but we are out there. We are your fans for sure. Oh, you're sweet. I, no, I'm very grateful for anybody, everybody like They'll, I'll post a story about me meeting somebody on the beach. Like, oh, I saw you on the beach last week, but I didn't want to interrupt you. I was like, please interrupt me. Like, oh, it's okay. Uh, You know, but sometimes I'm like, boys, make sure that you're not fighting because people are probably watching you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Wow. Well, that's an amazing story. It was so cool to talk with Melissa. The other two in the interview were just blown away knowing where she was, which I didn't know, you know, what she was like back then. And she certainly seems completely alert. I think she scored a two out of the 30, which is basically like no cognitive impairment. She's 70 years old and now she wants to be a health coach and and pass that forward. She's already volunteering at a hospital locally. And it's just, it's such a wonderful story and such a cool example that like, yeah, you might be dealing with some serious health stuff, but you can get better. You can heal. And it, it starts from the food that we eat. And it, I, I just wanted to make sure we acknowledge you for such a cool part in that amazing oh, story. So sweet. But people, you know, we're an input output system. It's like we're putting diesel in our gas engine and we're getting in trouble. Like, you know, putting Doritos in there is not going to make that engine run very good, but you expect it to. And you expect your brain to be good. And you know, your moods to be good or your kids' moods to be good. And I guess I fear a lot for our children because I thought the meals were bad when I was in school. It's like a whole nother level. Like it's terrible what they, I don't know if I would eat anything on that. Like I'm like at the school, at the middle school, elementary school. I'm like, no, I no, uh-uh. Yeah. You know, we have a, we have a community center that has a walking track and the walking track goes around the, a, an elementary school, um, kind of gymnasium. So I get to see the kids play every now and again, and I don't get to see what they eat for lunch, but I see the result and I see behavior issues constantly. I see kids that are clearly not metabolically well at a very young age. Their skin just looks different. It's not like looking at your kids who are completely vibrant. They, they're just, it, it is a little bit different. I, I'm worried about them too. I'm, I'm excited. There are the people like you out there that are helping to make this stuff accessible and making, you know, cookbooks for kids and making this like family friendly. But yeah, it's, it's a long ways we still have to go. 
we do have a long way to go. And there's there's like a lot of bad information out there, like the whole blue zone thing. It's just a bunch of lies. I would say that it's as bad as Ansel Keys, all of his lies. It's so it bad. is bad. If you look at all of the data that he's ignoring and not putting into his studies, you know, like some of the people that are living the longest, they eat most mostly meat. Like, but he's ignoring that and this doesn't go into the study at all. Yeah. No, absolutely. We've He's on, you know, national TV every week. It's oh, just yeah. like that Dan Buettner. Um, Dan Buettner. Yeah, no, we went on the offensive hard on the Blue Zones this year when his Live to 100 documentary came out on Netflix. It was trending in the top 10 for a long time. And yeah, we've done several episodes of Dr. Chafee and Dr. Bill Schindler, people who have spent time in these places in the world. I know you've spent some time very close to these places in the world. And they're like, it's some stupid bait and switch. They're showing these happy, lovely people hanging out with their families where elders are respected and they have purpose and community and they don't eat plant-based, but we're still going to just jam this plant-based message down your throat. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. And it's funny because yeah, I was in uh, Bali earlier this year and um, we went to a place to learn about their culture and stuff. And we had a guide and she's like, oh, I know how you eat. She said, um, I was uh, very heavy and I cut out my rice. I cut out, like she said, all the things she cut out. And she's like, that's very healthy. Like, it's just like, even all these cultures know, like, yeah, when they're getting on, you know, too heavy, uh, uncomfortable, yeah, let's cut out the starches and boom, it comes right back. (laughs) Bill Schindler was in the middle of Sardinia and told us this story that like every single day, wherever they went, they would have this big platter of cured meats. And then later on in the trip, he asked somebody how often they eat meat. And the guy responded and said, once a week. And Bill's like, once a week, I've eaten meat. I eat more meat here than I eat at home. What are you talking about? And they were like, yeah, that's the day we we kill a goat or a pig and we roast it and feed it to everybody. That's what they talked about as far as eating meat was like one time a week when that's constantly what their diet is. It's absurd. And and the people there, he was like, they keep asking about minestrone soup. I don't get what this outside obsession is with minestrone soup. Yeah. We don't even eat it that often. That's weird. No, that's interesting. And uh, when we adopted the boys, we had a driver take us to the orphanage foster home and uh we he, he drove us for you know a week and then we came back and he drove us for a week then and we were like milky we want to give you money um but we want to know what you want to spend it on because we just there's nothing to buy like it's just like what do you buy and he's like meat wow so he's like i want to buy meat wow and that's what he spent it on and it was just interesting because um the meat store is basically this shed like this tin shed and the meat is hanging there. And I saw it hanging there all week. And they just, you know, cut pieces off. But if you look, and in the in the book, the carnivore book, we talk about that. Our digestive system, our pH is lower than a hyena. A hyena. Like we are meant to eat tainted meat. That's right. But people are taking acid blockers, all of these things that you can no longer handle. Do Like I, I talk, like my dad's like, oh, you can't eat that. I was like, I have an iron stomach. Dad's fine. You know, but. <laughs> He was on acid blockers for many years, um, and if he eats something that's, you know, he just gets very, very sick. Yep, that's a really, really good point. I love that. You mentioned Bali, and I definitely want to talk about your retreats, but before we do, I want to talk about your experience on the reversed um, documentary. We've gotten a host, um, Charles, on our show who who did the documentary, um, invited you and some other experts out to do a really, it was carnivore type of, um, mm-hmm. kind of a, was it a week long? Well, I did two of them. Um, the first one was a keto one. That's right. And that was a couple of years ago. And then the last one was a carnivore one. And it was only one week. Um, very intense because I also did the cooking, all the cooking. 
Um, so, you know, like people want to eat from, you know, someone wants breakfast, someone, you know, some people don't eat breakfast. Some people are eating at 9 PM, 10 PM, you know, it was, it was a lot, but Charles said you were um, busy. <laughs> Just yeah. I love, I love to cook though. And it was, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. I actually keep in contact with most of the participants. Um, they want me to come moose hunting with them in Canada. Um, or just, you know, one of them, um, you know, she said that we helped change her life. Craig and I did before she was on the show mm. and we still text every once in a while, like, Hey, how was your holiday? This and that. And she's just very, very sweet. Natalie. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And I, I recall, I watched the keto one. I haven't watched the carnivore one yet. And I know that there was at least one, maybe multiple people that were invited back to the carnivore one. It's almost like they, they fell off the wagon. And at first I was like, why would you invite somebody who didn't take it as seriously in the first? But the more I thought about it, the more I kind of liked the idea. Do you think it really stuck with people long-term The people that you keep up with? Are they, still at least in that ballpark? Um, I'm trying to think of the participants. They were all different, but the speakers were some of the same. Um, but yeah, I would say that, you know, some of the carnivore participants either stayed with it or like they opened it up. Like they, they got their health benefits and then they made, added some more things in. Um, but yeah, I know Natalie is definitely a hundred percent carnivore. She has been for a long time. She has autoimmune issues like Craig does, and she just feels so much better. It's not worth, you know, like for 15 minutes, a pleasure of eating to feel awful for months. It's not, not worth it. It's, it's not just not. It. Yeah. I totally agree. So, so did I have that wrong then? Did they not have participants that were in both? Were they all unique? They all were unique. I'm trying okay. to think of, yeah, like Penny and yeah, they all were different people. Okay. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, I think it's cool that um, anybody is making a documentary about that and that word can get out in, in a different way. Um, and let's talk about your retreat. So you've already mentioned uh -huh. Bali. You went to the coolest places last year, uh, Croatia, Italy, um, all kinds of cool spots. Can you tell us about how that kind of got started and what you like to do with those? Uh, well, some woman messaged me on, I don't know, Facebook or something. This was many, many, many years ago. Oh, Maria, Maria, let's, I want to take you to Italy and we'll show people how to eat keto and this and that. And I was like, Craig, some lady, this and that. And he's like, give her your phone number. See what happens. So I gave her my phone number and we, she's like my second mom. We talk a lot. Um, it was in February that we talked in June. We had a huge, you know, a nice crew that came with us to Italy and it was like my first time, like I never thought I could afford to travel ever. And so I always watched all the movies about Italy and these places and to actually be there. Like I'm not, I was like pinching myself. I was like, this is, this can't be real. Right. I feel so lucky to get to go on this trip and teach, like I'm hired to teach people. Right. And yeah, it's just like the coolest thing. And I just want people to know I'm not a judgy person. I said that earlier, but you know, there's times people wanted gelato or pasta. They're in Italy. I don't care. As long as you don't judge me for my choices, I will not judge you, but I'm going to teach you that may, hopefully you're inspired to go home and change your life. Cause some people that came with a friend that they weren't keto and, but they were inspired and learned a lot. And that's what my goal is. You know, if right. they change one thing, that's all that matters. And uh, yeah. So yeah, we were in Bali. I was in Greece, um, Croatia. Um, we're going to go to Thailand in uh, March and Portugal in May, and I think back to Italy in September. So if anybody just 
And here's the thing, like I'm as an adult with, you know, busy teenage boys, I, I have a hard time making friends because it's just, it's work and family and this and that. And I am an introvert. I mean, I love people, but I'm an introvert that's out on my paddleboard if I have free time or that's just how I roll, right? I'm not about to do a social thing. But when I do those trips, I don't even miss my family because I just have so much fun laughing and making friends. And, you know, it's just so, we there's only about 15 people. And so it's just such a, we, we all still like our groups. I have a Bali group. I have a Greece group, a Croatia. We all like contact each other. Like, how's it going? And, you know, this and that. And, you know. I just love it. That's fantastic. I, 20- I, and I would just want to, you're invited to come. Everybody's invited to come. You know, I understand like, you know, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but if you love to travel, don't be afraid to come alone. I come alone, you know, and I feel so alive traveling alone because I just, I do what I want. Right. And it's just, I love it. Come that, with me. That so- sounds absolutely amazing. And yeah, t- 2020 was a terrible time for a lot of people, but it, for you and I probably it was pretty great to be like, Oh, all events are canceled. I get to just stay home and watch mindless TV. It was awesome. <laughs> well, it was so funny because everybody's like, how has your life changed with COVID? I was like, well, not a lot. Cause we work from home. We homeschool. I'm an introvert. I prefer movies at home. Like I, I, we were in Hawaii, so I would just go out on my paddleboard alone. Like it was just like, okay. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, how are you helping people in other ways? I know you do coaching programs. You've got one coming up in January, I believe. It's all about um, the carnivore program. What what kinds of things are you working with people now today? Um, well, I can't keep up with uh, clients, but I, I do. I consult people every day. Um, but there was definitely a need for a proper education in nutrition. And so um, Craig and I have basically a keto carnivore college where we teach you everything you need to know. We actually start a website for you. So if you don't want to pay to have a website, um, you, you know, you take our program, our college, and we teach you everything about protein sparing to carnivore to keto. And then we also help you with your clients along the way. So if you have a very difficult client that you can't answer the question, you just send us a message and we're always answering them that whether it be an email or whatever, we have weekly meetings and then, uh, yeah, well, you have business in a box. So you have meal plans ready for you. You have the website ready for you. Um, everything's ready. You just have to be, you know, marketing yourself. So, and then we teach you about photography. If you want to do food photography and a book or something like that. So it's not just, uh, a coaching program, but, um, I'm I'm just very proud of my coaches. They're they've you know they've come so far and done so much and yeah it's it's really fun. And then yeah we have some like challenges like a carnivore challenge going on in January. If you missed the sign up, you could always start now um, or do the Feb. We'll probably do it again in February March just to keep people going. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I love that. And it's a cool way to influence people because each one of the coaches is going to go out and create their own ripple effect with everybody else out there. So it's awesome that you've been able to expand out in that capacity and just knowing everything that you've done with all the other work and content and everything you've created, it's all so well done and beautiful. And just, it's, it's easy to understand The thing I like about it the most is it's shareable. Like I can take any one of these cookbooks and I can give them to, to any of my clients and they would benefit from them. There's a lot of other amazing carnivore content that I really love that I can't share with people because it's a little bit too complicated and that's fine. That's good for what it is. But that's one thing that I really appreciate about yours. And I have no reservations recommending any of your stuff to anybody because I know they'll get a really, really good experience. 
You are a blessing. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm really grateful for you and for taking the time out of your incredibly busy life <laughs> to hang out oh, with us. It was an honor. Uh, well, I feel guilty after you showed me before getting on what the beach looks like right now. I feel guilty keeping you for any one minute longer on this podcast. Oh. You could be outside getting some sunshine. I'm so jealous. <laughs> That, no, I, I, I'm grateful for this. So yeah, just come over and join us sometime. That's a great idea. I would absolutely love to do that. I'm a little bit familiar with Kihei. I didn't get many rides on the longboard, but just enough to stand up. And it's it's a beautiful yeah. part of the world. It's absolutely lovely. Thank you. Uh, for now, Maria, where can people go to find you and connect with you and your work? Well, the easiest place is just go to ketomaria.com and... Everything's there from the trips. If you want to come on a retreat, can you tell like that's my marketing place? Like I always push people to the trips because that's like my favorite thing to do. Um, but if you want to become a coach, you can become a coach there. But free stuff. If you go all the way to the bottom, we have like four or five different free Facebook groups, a carnivore group, a keto group, a sugar-free kids group, a protein sparing group. So um, that, those are all free and we will answer questions. Like we're not like, you gotta pay a Patreon, it's free. Um, and then we also have the free YouTube links are at the bottom of Keto Maria. There's a whole bunch of information. And then I also have the blog on Keto Maria. If you click to go to the blog, there's thousands of free recipes and information, sometimes giveaways on there. Um, yeah, so don't, don't miss that. Cause I understand like there was a time I couldn't afford a book. So if you can't just use those recipes, it's good. Yeah. And that's what I love again about your stuff is like the person who is listening to this conversation and is sick of being sick. The resources are there. There are things that you can do. There's no excuse anymore. You can go and find it. It takes a bit of effort and it takes the willingness to change, but you can do it. And as somebody who has experienced a lot of chronic issues in your life, being much healthier, much happier, it's so absolutely worth it. It is worth it. I don't feel like I'm missing out at all. I really don't. Yeah, totally. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you again, Maria, for coming on our show today. Thank you for all of the work you've done in our community. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And it's such an inspiration to have you on our show. And like I said, we know you're very, very busy. So thank you so very much for coming on today. We really, really appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. And this has been another episode of Balanced Body Radio. Thank you so very much for continuing to listen to Boundless Body Radio. As 2023 has come to a close and we're starting another new year in 2024, I always try to reflect on not only the direction that we want to go in the future, but also how much we have grown in this last year. Our podcast has now generated well over 400,000 downloads from all over the world, and it's all thanks to fantastic listeners like yourself. I hope you are as excited for the new year as we are around here. The lineup of guests that we have coming up is absolutely staggering, and we're always striving to bring you the best content from the most amazing people in health, nutrition, and wellness. Remember that you can always head on over to our website to book a complimentary 30-minute session with us at myboundlessbody.com. On our homepage, there is a book now button where you can select a time to speak with us about your health and fitness plan, especially for the new year. We've absolutely loved chatting with so many of you out there to bounce ideas off each other and try to come up with plans to help you achieve specific goals. And seriously, I really do mean this. Even if it's just to say hello and introduce yourself, we absolutely love connecting with our listeners in the community. 
Be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well if you want to watch these full interviews and also shorter interviews on more specific topics that are taken from these interviews. We've gotten really great feedback over there, and it's also a really fun way to interact with people who comment. We read and reply to every single YouTube comment we get, so be sure to subscribe to our channel and leave as many comments as you like to keep the conversation going. And of course, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to make sure that the podcast gets out to more listeners. Your five-star ratings and reviews are the best way to support us here at Boundless Body and to support the podcast at Boundless Body Radio really only takes a moment and it's very meaningful to us. Cheers to 2024 and thank you again for listening to Boundless Body Radio.